Hello and welcome to In Search of Tracks podcast. It's almost Halloween. I'm Pete. I'm Bob. What's up, dude? Oh, I am. Uh, Are you scared? Am I Are you spooked sp- out? Spooked out. Am I worried? No, I did get slashed by a small child today. <laughs> um, you know, oh, they say have children, it'll be fun. It's not a big deal. Toddlers, um, my baby girl, who is, uh, you know, 16 months old or so, her nails, they're tiny. They're tiny. Pete, like, you're familiar with the concept of of babies, I know. Yeah. Their hands are so small. Like, like it's, if you put one in your mouth, you could just bite through it like a, like, like it's nothing. It's nothing. (laughs) However, those little nails, so dangerous, scratch my, scratch my face big and like blood open wound should take pictures and use these as a Halloween photo. Like, was like blood dripping down my chin. It was it was gnarly. It was jeez. Yeah, yeah. Serious things happen in here. My brother, I saw him uh, a few months ago when his uh, son was about twelve months old, and he just had this huge scratch on his face. And I was oh, like, "What yeah. happened?" He's just like, oh, "I just, you know, it's the kid." I'm like, "Okay, yeah. interesting." Yeah. Well, you know what? Here's the thing. Uh, it's it's almost better if they scratch you. Uh, because if they scratch themselves, it's like you feel so much worse. Sure. So you know, my son, uh, when he was a baby, he would he would actually scratch at his face a little bit, and he'd have these little scratches, and it was so sad. And we were like, "What can we do?" His fingers are so. And this is like little little baby, like three months or less. Uh, and they're like, "Oh, you just put socks on his hands, and that's what you do." It's cool. <laughs> I've seen that before. Yeah. I, well, there you go. Now that's that you the say that, I'm like, oh, okay. There, there you go. Yeah. Um, before we get into this, do you have any fall favorites in terms of food or treats or snacks? Oh man. Um, like, like the real question. I guess I should just say it. Are you a pumpkin spice dude? Yeah, all the pumpkin stuff. Obviously. Um, okay. Okay. I, I don't go. I, I, I'm a big coffee drinker. Yep. I don't think of myself as a coffee snob. I just like coffee. Yeah. Um, but all of the flavored stuff, I've never been a fan of. So yeah, I'm not going for it. Okay. In the, in the coffee world, I guess I've always liked coffee ice cream, but I don't think of that as like a seasonal thing. Not seasonal at all. It's, it's yeah. It's on. It's on the main menu at every ice cream place. You know right. what I mean? Like, yeah. What are we talking about? So I'm fine with that. But I yeah, I, I guess I don't go for much of that stuff. But I don't mind it. Like no, right. Like like, like, if, like if I go to Dunkin' Donuts, like I'll have a pumpkin donut it sounds pretty good so here's my question for you pumpkin pie or apple pie dude pumpkin okay every time more or less every time i'm a big okay. fan of pumpkin pie but it but that again i'll have that out of season okay i'm gonna throw it, you i'm throwing if it's you a available. curveball i'm throwing you a curveball here okay you're at a fast food restaurant so it's crap food bad food yeah Maybe you're familiar, but some of these places have those little like uh, hot apple pies, but they're like an apple pie pocket kind of thing. Yep. They're attempting to introduce a new one. It's a pumpkin pie pocket. Do you try it? Could it possibly be good? Would you take it over the apple one? Uh, yes, yes, and it depends. Okay. 
I'll so, try it. I okay. just, I, I, don't, I don't, I'm not convinced it's going to work. Okay. Cause it could vary. It could just not work, but I mean, it's, it's pumpkin inside a flaky crust, which is what the pie is essentially. So you want to know my so recipe for work. making, my recipe for making this work is to pivot and kind of try to make it, give it like a, uh, a nice icing on the outside. Like almost pop tart, but not quite like fancy, like fancy pop tart energy. Okay, and then the pumpkin pie filling inside. So it's sort of like if you're having pumpkin pie with some whipped cream on top. You know what I mean? Yeah. So something like that. We can make it work. Okay, the right could people work. could make this work. Final question. It's a Sunday morning here in the fall, here in October, and you're given the option. Would you like to go pick out some pumpkins? carve pumpkins and make a pumpkin pie or would you like to go apple picking get some apples and bake an apple pie um apples sound more fun that's the part apple picking's a lot more fun than carving pumpkins yeah just is i don't just like is. carving pumpkins that much i don't <sighs> even think i liked it as a kid that much you know th- there's been so many innovations in the pumpkin carving game like have you seen some of this like <laughs> i'm sure there's people you know there's people who who do these like like it's fine art like they're not even cutting all the way through they're just shaving it down and it's like ornate designs and it's like oh i didn't carve super mario into my pumpkin i did like a, a scene from super mario and you can make out the coins and there's bowser and there's super mario and like there's this <laughs> little there's the fire pit it's coming out i'm like yo what is what where did you go like this is the, did everyone go to art college and i didn't know um so shout out to the great pumpkin carvers i am not one uh, i aspire to your, <laughs> to your skill level um all I'm left with is is hosting this uh, top tier podcast with my pal Pete as uh, <laughs> podcast professionals. Pete, what music are we talking about today? We are talking about the AFI album called Sing the Sorrow. AFI Sing the Sorrow, not the recording session that I wrote down as Sing the Song. That is not the title of this record. The title of this record is Sing the Sorrow. Yeah. Pete. Blank question to start us off today. Okay. Apples or pumpkins? Or no. <laughs> blank question to start us off. I don't know you. I walk up to you on the street with a microphone, hold up to you. Uh, excuse me, sir. Um, quick question. Do you like the band AFI, yes or no? I'd say, yeah, cool band. I think I'd do the same. Now let's let's pull it back to uh, In Search of Tracks podcast. Pete, how many AFI records do you like? I I want to say I like one, two, three, four, five. Damn, I want to say I like Jesus. five. But how many records I, do they I, have? I, they have I, a lot. I, they have a lot, but okay. I think I think in reality I like maybe two at this point. Okay. And I haven't revisited in a long time, so this is just a guesstimation. Okay. I would say, yeah, I like the band. I think of it in my head and say, I like the band. I really uh, was into the record Black Sails. Um, mm-hmm. what is, what's the whole title of that record, Pete? Black Sails and the Sunset. Black Sails and the Sunset. I dislike the three records that came out before that. 
Um, maybe longtime listeners will remember we've had conversations. The art of the art of drowning yep. was so hot topicy that I never gave that record a fair shake. Uh, we'll talk about this record later. We'll talk about December Underground, perhaps in reference to this. And I'm unfamiliar largely with the four albums after that. That said, I like AFI. Yeah. In some ways, I don't know how much I like AFI, though. I mean, that's the thing. Um, so I I remember the energy around the art of drowning, but right. I really liked it at the time. And it's one of those records that I haven't revisited in a long time. And I'm sure that there's a lot of problems with it, but I think it would be so nostalgic for me that I'd probably, yes. it's just, it's just warm for me. And I think the same with black sales. Like, and so that's where I, I try to wonder if I can separate, there is so much nostalgia to black sales. Yeah. So, um, as we often do, let's try to provide some context on why we chose this record and, and talk about AFI and at large. AFI was a punk band who sort of oddly meandered their way into the hardcore punk scene because that's where some of the members' interests were also in addition to kind of the more Bay Area punk scene that they were a part of. Mm -hmm. They were four records deep when they hit this weird groove with Black Sails and the Sunset. Um that kind of pulled in a, a much broader audience than they had up to that point. Is that fair to say? Definitely fair to say. I mean, I think the Black Sails is more or less the defining kind of starting point for AFI. It feels like the the three albums that came before that were like demo-ish in different, terms of different what they style. became. Yeah, yeah, stylistically, it was a really different thing. And um, there's shut, a lot shut of people... Your, shut Your Mouth was like, it had darker elements that you yeah. could see on black sales, but like shut your mouth from my recollection sounded like a hardcore record. Like there, it, there wasn't as much melody. It was, it was That's fast. Right. It was angry. That's yeah, right. So. That's right. That's right. And I think, um, when you get talking to diehard AFI fans, they will gush about those first three records. And with good reason, I think there's a lot of energy there. I just never, it just never pulled me in. Um, whereas Black Sales did, it was kind of, it was odd. It was moody. I was a teenager, um, and I connected to it. Now, when I think about it, a lot of the elements as I, that we heard on Sing the Sorrow, not a million miles from <laughs> some of the Black Sales stuff, though it is distinctly different. So, um, I'm pretty excited to talk about it just to give the context. AFI does Black Sales, as Pete says, it's kind of the, the new starting point for the band. It grows and grows. They tour and start doing bigger tours. Art of Drowning was a big record. Um, sort of notable underground. And that leads to Sing the Sorrow, which is on the major. Mm. Um, and Pete, why did we choose this record? We chose this one because I think this is the AFI record that hit when we both, I don't know. I mean, I, I can only speak for myself, but I was a big fan of Art of Drowning. This came out and everyone was interested. And I remember hearing the singles that came out and being very, very much not interested. <laughs> so so I just never listened to the record. Um, so I thought it would be much more fun to do this one that I've never heard. I'm not sure if you've ever heard than to, you know, go on a nostalgia trip about the Art of Drowning. 
I think that's largely right. I, I don't have much nostalgia for Art of Drowning as discussed here, yeah. but I was familiar with this record because uh, at the time, not at the time, I guess it was a couple years after this because this comes out in 2003. A couple years after this, I became good friends. I was living in Southern California. I had friends who were AFI, like day one fans, you know, yeah. so shout out to Joey Cahill, uh, shout out to a few other buddies, but he's the one I think of when I think of this um, huge AFI fan and, you know, a dude who's got a really cool and broad palette of music. He loved this record. Um, and I don't know. I don't want to, I shouldn't speak for him. To my memory, he enjoyed this record and sang its praises and discussed it and was something we talked about. So I remember listening to this around the time. So I'm actually more familiar with this record than Art of Drowning. Okay. Um, and uh, and it was huge. I mean, this record got major radio Big, play. big. Big, yeah. big, big. So um, it's kind of this interesting through-the-looking-glass moment for AFI where they went from being a, like, oh, this is like a band who's kind of on the bigger end of things and punk and hardcore and that to a band who is going to be playing like small arenas, <laughs> you know, and, and like, yeah. uh, you know, major festivals all over and was just kind of like, okay, you're going from uh, getting in the van to, hey, this is Davey Havoc and you're listening to 92.3 Fly 92, you know, like, like, Hey, this is Jade from AFI. Uh, keep rocking with the Hawk 974. <laughs> you know? So, um, I mean, I have to say for me, when I really think about it, like I got into Green Day when they were getting big. I got uh-huh. into the Offspring when they were getting big. I mean, I was uh-huh. like young, right? Yep. AFI though, I because I was into Green Day and Offspring, I like started getting deeper into punk and there were all these VHS compilations like cinema beer nuts. If <laughs> yes. anyone remembers oh things God. like this. You're sitting, so, yeah. so like, you know, it's one of those things where one of my friends would get it and we just kind of pass it around and everyone would watch it and we watch it together. And like one of the AFI songs, I, I don't remember which one, I think it was on one of the first two records um, was on those, those video compilations uh-huh. and we loved it. And we like, you know, I picked up Very Proud of You, which is the second record, and Answer That and Stay Fashionable, which is the first record. And then, like, Shut Your Mouth and Open Your Eyes came out, and I was stoked on it because it, like, it was more along the lines of, like, hardcore, more aggressive stuff that I was listening to. And then Black Sails came out, and they started getting more attention. And then Art of Drowning came out, they got more attention. Sing of the Sorrow came out, and, like, everyone in my high school is into it. And it was just one of those moments where, like, it, it truly, they were one of the first, I, I, not one of the first, but one of the, 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 the bands that ended up getting the biggest that I felt like I was there for the ground level, even though I wasn't technically there for the ground level. Yep. But it's just like, you feel like something's getting taken away from you, which in <laughs> retrospect, like that's like a bad perspective on the thing. No, like, but, but like it's an honest one as well. So I always yeah. think it's valid to discuss like and, and look at and feel like you're right. They, they were moving into a different space and people who were literally day ones or people who kind of like had this ownership. Like I always tell people there's a weird emotional resonance to people who get in a band and, and enjoy the ride, you know, like that's an important and cool connection in music, but please continue. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's basically the point, but like, 
I I vividly remember for some reason sitting at the lunch table with this kid and it must have been like junior year of high school or something. And or maybe I guess it was senior year if it's 2003. Um and the kids like trying to sell me on sing the sorrow and I was like, "Nah, man. Like I just I can't do it." And he's like, "It's not that different from the art of drowning." And I was like, "You're probably right, but I can't do it." And like now listening to this, it's not that different from the art of drowning. <laughs> nope. It's, uh, so I'm glad yeah. you made that connection. You also mentioned something here. I, as I often do, have a few big thoughts here. Um, you brought up Green Day and Offspring, and I'll, I'll throw Rancid in the mix too. Yep. The man, the the man's the bands that penetrated uh, Rancid and Green Day, being from the Bay Area, which is. Uh, relevant to our conversation here uh offspring being from southern california but the bands that penetrated mainstream alternative rock radio mtv etc etc consciousness in the mid 90s fast forward there were very few that came up under their wings or followed followed that path. Would you say that's accurate? Yeah, that sounds right. Like there was no like, oh, like there was then the punk wave, you know, like like speaking plainly, when Nirvana broke and then Pearl Jam and Stone Temple Pilots and Soundgarden and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, the grunge alternative thing exploded. By 1994, 95, people were looking for what was next. Yeah. As is so often. Punk was next. Punk was next. Green Day was huge. And look, Green Day didn't stop getting bigger. They kept big, getting bigger. The Offspring were huge. The Offspring got bigger. Rancid were huge. They did not keep getting bigger, but they lived a long time off the songs that crossed over from an outcome and out came the wolves, you know? Yep. But that was basically it. <laughs> there was a weird brief flirtation with Ska. Uh, and actually, <laughs> you know what? Let's let's give credit to No Doubt for coming out of that world too, because they certainly if we were talking about them in the same breath as Green Day, Offspring, and Rancid they're probably right at the top of that pile if right behind Green Day. Sure. You say that's true? Yeah. There was no follow-up. There was the weird ska thing. Uh, uh, we won't talk too long about Zoot Suit rioting, um, <laughs> but there was no punk wave. But AFI was there, and then AFI did their thing on this record, which really popped. And so we're talking 2003, Pete, I'm going to make this connection. Are AFI the godfathers of radio emo? <laughs> I like that. I like that theory. Like this immediately predates the Fallout Boy, My Chemical, My Chemical Romance, Romance, et cetera, yeah, all that et cetera. Yeah. This was right before. But that's the vibe, yeah. And I think it cleared the way. Like, the production is high level. And I mean, that's also like, I think this also clears the way for some of the equal vision records, like the, the Coheed and Cambria type stuff as well. Sure. Um, while musically not being in the same world, the production is super clean and big room on this record. 
And that's what all those records have, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's sort of this, like, yo, the whole scene thing. Yeah. AFI was seen before they knew what it was. <laughs> you know, like, I, I don't know why I've never put that together, but like AFI on this record and then December Underground, this is what Hot Topic culture was built on. Yeah. So um, that all sounds right. Uh, let's let's please take a moment, perhaps of silence, and give AFI the crown of the Godfathers of Radio Emo. All right, congrats, um, <clears throat> Pete. I also want to say this is the last gasp of the bloated major era. This record is fifty-five minutes long. Yeah. Do you want to guess how long Art of Drowning is? I'm going to give it 40, just over 40. 48, I believe. Oof. Guess how long, long Black Sails is? 40. Also like 45. I was shocked. It's They were writing really long records yeah, for some reason. Yeah, they're not short records. Yeah. No, so so that was a little I remember surprising Shut Your Mouth me. being long too, like for a hardcore-ish record. Yep. It, I remember it feeling really long. It just goes on forever. Um, Black Sails is 46. Uh Art of Drowning is 48. Shut Your Mouth is only 28. So that's... Oh, wow. Okay, that's shorter than I would have thought. But still, um, I don't know. I I literally... (laughs) And I say this at the last track of the record, which I feel is pretty unnecessary. Was this contractual? Did they need to hit 55 minutes runtime? Like, this is... (laughs) This is... One of the weakest parts of this record to me uh, is how long and bloated it feels. I agree. Yeah. Um, so you know, I, I have a lot of good things to say about it, but I, I wanted to put those two things up front. Um, any other big thoughts or feelings on this record at large before we start peeling it apart? And I'm sure uncovering more stuff. No, let's go in track by track. <clears throat> Miseria Kintara. Immediately, it sounds the production value feels higher. Like it feels very much like, "Hey, this is the major label record." Yep. Um, the yeah, vibe it feels like they're showing it, showing out with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the vibe of the thing it it feels honestly like a natural progression from where they were going. So it's it's it doesn't feel forced at all in any way. It feels really natural to me, actually. But 
but it just feels obvious that like, Hey, we actually have a budget to be at the studio now and uh, we're going to do something with it. So it's big. It feels heavy and kind of industrial at the beginning. Like there's like, there's actual, you know, uh, like programming going on that they weren't doing in the last records. Um, But there's still that AFI, like big shout along chorus thing, which to me now just feels kind of annoying. It just feels like I just I just Yo. don't love the tone of it. Uh, it's well, just kind of God, grating. You, you you said what I was <laughs> feeling and couldn't put words to. It is such an AFI signature. Yeah, and that's what I said. You got the you got some trademark AFI stuff, and when the vocals click, um, it's just this big. The overall song is attempting this big grand opening. Yeah. I believe in my memory they attempted and kind of landed that on the last two records. Well, they, they, yeah, I think the last two or three, even like there's, there's like a, a definitive intro track. Like they're big on like the intro track and the outro track. So, um, this is kind of a thing that they've, they've done before, but it's, yeah, I, I wrote here, you can't have it on in the background, but you don't want it on as the soundtrack. <laughs> in the foreground. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I. It doesn't hit for me. Um, it also is. It's just this big swooping, clean, antiseptic clean intro. Yeah. And that the largeness of the room and scale hits. I have to give credit. And I, I think this is, you know, we, we talked about other big vocalists and personalities, but sometimes I, I want to lead with this. With a vocalist as distinct and unique as Davey Havoc, occasionally you lean on that and you lean in on that. Mm-hmm. I think at times they do and they know there's going to be a contrast between his vocal textures and how he's able to have, he has a few different ranges, you know, and he can shift from the, like a little more guttural or a little more like gravelly scream. Yeah. That offsets some of the clean parts. Boy, um, it's going to have to be the rock man from the never ending story to make some of these hospital hallway sounds. Feel any <laughs> any grit so um all right next song the leaving song part two to, my first note here pete yeah should have just started with this song agreed um th- they jump right in you'd have like that media res feeling that's kind of cool sometimes when you start a record it's just boop oh we're in it yeah yeah um here i think they're varying the mix of their sound this is kind of like a if you start the record with this you it's it's comfortable. It's it's old jeans, you know. Yep. Uh, there's the melodic shout, scream, vocal dynamic, uh, arena-sized singy chorus, and the booming returns to the track when it gets back in. Um, this, to me, is a good example of AFI sonically overall. And I think if you like the band, you can at least roll with this version of it. For sure. Yeah, it's 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 a natural progression from what they were doing on the last couple albums. It's it's more or less the AFI that I remember from Art of Drowning, just with like a little bit higher production value and kind of more advanced songwriting where I feel like mm-hmm. which 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 honestly is not my favorite. It's like you can do verse chorus verse chorus bridge outro and they always do the like verse chorus verse chorus like long drawn out 
kind of quieter part into the build, yes, into yes. the bridge, into the chorus, into the outro, into the chorus again or something. Like there's always just too many parts on these songs, which is going to be a recurring kind of criticism for me on this album. But um, it's overall like this song is fine. Um, if you like AFI, you like this song. The funny thing to me, did you watch the music video for this song? No, I didn't. Dude, it's 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 like it's like a <sighs> this is a deep cut. Please. Do you remember like going to Middlesex County College and watching For the Love of? Oh, Jesus Christ. And like the uh, pit. Okay. Or let's say let's say let's say let's say a Fury of Five Pit. Yes, yes, so yes. It, dude, You're not it's wrong. A, they flew in they flew in dudes from the East Coast to do this. It's a Fury of Five mosh pit. With them on stage in like tuxes, yes. Um, it's it's a weird video, but like it also. I watched it and I I kind of got in a way I had like warm feelings because I was like, this just feels so misdirected. It's like you can't let go of the punk scene because you're so deep in it and you came from it and you're the band was like twelve years old at this point. You know, like they've they've been a punk band for so long that like the major label scene is like a weird new scene for them. So when you're making a music video, I guess the impulse is like, well, let's just do the thing. Like we're playing a show, but we'll just kind of dress it up. Right. So it's, 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 it feels like, it feels almost like cute to me because I think it was like (laughs) a genuine attempt at, at like, oh, this is like what our music video should be. But like in retrospect, it just looks so strange. Um, yeah, I, I worth watching. <laughs> so I want to give them credit. I don't remember the particulars, but I think it was an opportunity for them. Uh, there's people who know this whole story who could tell it much better than I since I was I'm like fourth hand. They use this as an opportunity to take some big budget money and enable some people to have a very fun time. uh, I have not seen the music video in probably 18 years. Yeah. I I will put it on in uh, memoriam for the song. Um, Good song overall. I think it should have been the opener. Yeah, agreed. All right. uh, Next song, Blue Black. how it starts up it has like a more driving beat i like the tempo changes and the shifts in this one um because it actually it ends up being surprising to me kind of the way that they shift the song Mm. which which they tend to do that sometimes yeah 
I, I think that they're going to do, for example, like the big chorus, but they kind of break it down instead. Um, so just the songwriting element of it is interesting to me on this record in general yeah. sometimes, but on this song in particular. Yeah. Um, that being said, mm, I think you're going to hit where I hit. Yeah. It's just like, there's, there's this big acoustic break that feels completely separate and apart from the rest of the song. And I don't love that. And then at a certain point, it feels like they're just like adding pieces to the song in this way. That's unnecessary. Like it could have been a, a really like solid two and a half minute melodic punk song. Mm. And I think it would have been better for it. Agree. Um, there's a lot of elements in this song that I enjoy. It's that, that gallop on the drums. I really like it here. I actually really like the drum production on this in the sound. It actually big room works for their drums. Uh, yeah. I, I think there's a good variety and, and it's really clear and has a good depth to the sound. Um, it's a very melodic, softer song that relies on Davey Havoc to kind of set it apart. Yeah. does get more rocking in the chorus, but nothing is pulling me in. It's one of these songs where I feel like it's a backhanded compliment, and I don't mean for it, but it's like, oh, this is an interesting song, but ultimately feels like empty calories because nothing's connecting, despite the fact that I was like, oh, this is an interesting choice. Oh, this is interesting. Okay, like it's it's a lot of sixes when I need an eight, mm-hmm. and that's where it is. And it's it's longer than it should be. You said it. Period. Should be a two and a half minute song. It's not. Yeah, that applies to I think like every song on this album. Uh, honestly, just about. I when I saw the runtime for the record, I was like, oh my god. And then when I actually looked at the track runtimes, I was like, oh well, well obviously, like like there's several five minute long songs on here. Like yeah. Like, what are we talking about? Like, and I say several. There's one, five, but it's like 257, 331, 415, 411, 226, 310, 359, 527, 358. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, what are we doing here? Um, yeah, uh, totally fine song, but, but it was here where I started questioning my, like, man, do I have to really be in the right space for AFI? at this point in my life yeah all right next track silver and cold so this is another one i like the energy on it good beat good drive there's like definitely some production like electro beats mixed in there Mm -hmm. that feel new um it's maybe the highest production value that we've seen on the album so far and it, it feels like a this this song i think more than others feels like a definitive like hey this is the next step of afi from the last record but it still has the sing-along choruses it still has the big choruses it still has a lot of the afi isms that we're used to yep um afi isms it's fine it goes on way too long the song could be good if it was shorter and some different decisions were made i i mean like i'm ultimately a lot of these songs i'm okay with them like I like, I think the root of AFI, but it's just it's it's just a little bloated on this. All right, Pete, have we talked about the thing, things you can't unsee? Yeah, go for it. Like uh, like Goldeneye, 007 Goldeneye for Nintendo sixty four. I think yeah. we've talked about this. Yeah, yeah. If you look at the cover, and you look at the hand, and the way the hand sits over Pierce Brosnan's <laughs> James Bond, his yeah. face, it looks like his mouth is 
you can't unsee it. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. Yep. I'm about to do that to AFI. So I hope people. Man, I'm sorry. I just, I'm sorry. <laughs> I like this song, first and foremost. Very memorable. I think it's got a great chorus, and the pace is really good. This is a flipped sailor shanty. As much as, if not more than any Dropkick Murphy's song, and maybe more than people <laughs> want to admit, AFI gives you lots of these back and forths. I love that you said that. I, I wanted to say that, and I didn't have the right words for it. Yeah, it's a sailor shanty. Yeah, it's great. So you go back and forth, and, and there, we will hit it at least two other times on this record. <laughs> And when we when I hit it the second or third time, I said, "Yeah, yeah, I'll get there." But then I was like, "Oh shit!" It's one of those "Oh shit" moments. Yeah, it's a large part of the discography. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. an AFIism. They do this a hundred percent, and it's so it's very back and forth. But on this track, it works well. Um, I think the big parts in this song feel both organic and cool. This to me is their best use of the big room money. Like the big room span spending for an expansion of sound. I think it lands on this track. And I, and I, I've actually had this song in my head a little bit. Like the chorus on this is catchy. Yeah. So, so major credit to this. Probably my favorite song on the record. Uh, yeah, probably my favorite song on the record. I think this was one of the three singles. Yes, it was. It, it yeah. certainly was. I think it was the last single. It got solid radio airplay. So, um, <laughs> FM radio, dusting it off. Uh, <laughs> Dancing Through Sunday, next track. There's a lot going on here. A lot going on. Um, although I'll say that this is like the most hardcore punk kind of feel that we've had so far on the album. A little bit. It's certainly the most up-tempo. Uh, it's, it's got a... It's, not to pun, but it's sort of dancey in a way. Yeah. Um, how, how do we feel about the solo in this song? I think this is the first like ripping guitar solo on any AFI song that I can <laughs> recall. Yeah. That was what I, I was like, whoa, AFI does solos now? Weird. I know. Yeah. That was shocking to me too. Um, is this a case of a song trying to appeal to everyone and appealing to not everyone? I think maybe. I think so too. The song's fine. Not bad, but not. This is yeah, it's a, definitely it's not the, anyone's favorite AFI song. No, and it's one of those things where it's like, like, did they do ripping guitar solos like this on records after this? <sighs> I kind of don't think they did, but I don't, I, I don't know. Thinks I'm pretty sure. Uh, so I, I alluded to I I have heard December Underground. Um, they I go saw them on that tour, but I did not. Uh, oh, that's interesting. Hear that record. It was at I was working a concert gig, so I just saw every show that came through like the big venue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got to see him. So I got to see him. It was, was probably kind of fun, especially. Was, I mean, Bay, dude, you know, big seeing AFI at like a like the same place that like the Dead would play was interesting. Yeah, Hell yeah, that's kind of cool. Um, yeah, I, I I can't speak to any other. AFI guitar solos that I can think of like certainly not rippers and and you get one here so all right next track the the radio hit girls not bread
So this is the only song on this record that I remember hearing. Um, I remember so, hearing it on the radio. It was all over the place. All over the place. Like, yeah. like not just so. When we talk about these, a lot of times we're like, "Oh yeah, this got radio airplay. This was on the radio." Sometimes the song, you know, this song was like they're playing Around. it every hour on the hour. Yeah, you know, on New York alternative radio. Yeah. So, and and you know, in retrospect, like. I think I just didn't like the song at the time because of whatever stupid reasons, but sure. listening to it in retrospect or listening to it now, yeah, it just sounds like it could, it sounds like it could have been on the art of drowning. 100%, dude, it's, it's, it's it just an it, AFI song. It's, it's just, just an AFI song. Yeah. A, it's just a, f- a little cleaned up. Correct. Yeah. Some radio leaning energy. So I'll say this, the length feels almost like hit the post level radio style. True. The builds, the chorus, the big echoing, Edition on the singy chorus, so we've identified the singy chorus is an AFIism, but the big echoing part it's a little different. The soft rolls into the guitar stuff, it's it both has the drama that you expect from AFI songs, but soft cushioning on the curves which you get on radio edits. So yeah, um, it's totally serviceable. This is an AFI song. It's 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 a good song. Um, yeah solid could i see someone who listens to in search tracks going this song sucks nope (laughs) but i also could see somebody who's listening in search of tracks going afi sucks yeah so um i could see myself listening to afi sometimes and being like this sucks sucks." (laughs) yeah i know i know so (laughs) so we're gonna get into that part at least at some point because we just admitted if we were asked on like the streets you like afi we're both like yeah sh- yeah i like afi yeah, that's cool fine. Um, yeah i'm not offended by this at all but but i also i'm gonna note i think this is the this is the door opener for all i really mean all the swoosh hair you could imagine flowing yeah out. yeah this is it right here open the door so yep so like this song this band, not offensive to me in any way for the style. I just don't care about the style that this is creating, essentially. You know? Yeah. I'm uh, with that. Next song, Death of Seasons. So this is kind of another hardcore punk ripper at the beginning. But Yo, then it like... Yeah, it's straight up a screamo song at the beginning. Like this, Yeah. This is like... I, I sort of quietly want to say there's bands who, who uh, name check the late 90s screamo scene that might might actually kind of go well yeah like we like that stuff and we learned about it but we, we kind of first got introduced to the sound through through singing AFI. sorrow yeah yeah sure but i mean the, the i guess actually now that you say screamo it's all coming together for me um ding 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 yeah i mean because then it hits this like really melodic big chorus really quickly like so quickly that it 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 kind of throws me off my equilibrium. It just doesn't work. Um, it just feels less focused than the rest of the album. It's like they're trying to do too much at once. Maybe, I mean, to your point, maybe they're trying to appeal to too much, too many different audiences on this one. Mm. Um, and then there's like this techno breakdown that they kind of hinted at in different parts of the record so far. I don't know. It's just like, and then there's like this big orchestral fade out at the end that's like super melodramatic. 
it's this song is like way too much for me <laughs> yeah um this is like the the as bloated as the record gets in like one song <clears throat> quote this song kind of has an identity crisis yeah dabbles but never commits some echoes of this worse smashing pumpkins habits here good call yeah um i want to give this record credit because it I, i've been saying you know godfather vimo this is also pulling in their their sound but some alternative energy as they continue heading through the record um it's really bridging the gap and it makes sense that this is where they went with their major I, i'm not offended by it and i'm not saying like hey if you like silver chair check out afi no 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 but um oddly it's like if somebody who said they love late era smashing pumpkins i'm trying to check out uh you know pop punk i'd so say go check out afi <laughs> yeah you know um next track the great disappointment um so this one it doesn't have like the big chorus like every other song on this record which actually for me is kind of refreshing yep change of pace a little bit with yeah, that. it's a change of pace and i like it um but that being said aside from that part that i really like and I like all the shifting beats in it too. It just kind of, it's another one that would have been much better had it been like a two and a half minute song. It just overstays its welcome. And like at this point, I'm getting a little tired. Yeah. You know why? Because it's this weird drifting, sweeping sea shanty in disguise. True. You're seasick. I am seasick at this point. (laughs) If you've been sitting in these grooves, you're getting it. Um, There's some beefy riffing towards the end of the track. Yeah, it turns into like a heavy rocker. Right. And yeah. I don't mind the song at all. Uh, but I there's when they're getting back to the back and forth, uh, I'm starting to get seasick. So, and, yeah. Paper airplanes. They shift wings. this song at all <laughs> it's just i mean like i'm i mean the, the first first thing is i'm totally fried at this point honestly Correct. And, this, yeah. and the second part is like there's this back and forth in the vocals yeah. on this yeah. that like really it's super grating for me it's like the angry vocals and like shouty and then the yep. singy vocals it's like this immediate back and forth and like I can't do it. Yo, I, I, I'm glad you zoned in on that on this song as well because I think it's it's a little bit culmination here. Here's the AFI thing. You kind of have to be all in on the vocals. You have yep. to be able to will like you just have to 
say, I'm in, I'm in, I'm, uh, give it to me. They're pretty high. They're pretty squeaky. They get pitchy. He's clearly yep. super competent. He switches styles. He's doing different things and they're all well done. Yep. But like a lot of vocals that can, especially the ones that hit that higher range, you have to be here for it or it'll take you out early. Yep. And I noted that at this track. Um, I sort of like how it's the song jumps right into it. Uh, it builds off that beefy riffing at the end of the last track. Um, there's this pulsing energy. But again, you're, I, I, there's some alty elements in here. Mm-hmm. It doesn't do much for me otherwise. Um, no. Yeah, it's it's you're starting to feel the length and weight of this record. And this is a recurring tracks pod thing is that the longer and bulkier a record is, the more work that the songs and the band is going to have to do to not just keep your attention, but to like keep you there and energized. Like, yeah, like it's one thing to have my attention. It's another to have my energy. Yep. And they've lost it by this point. Well, especially, I mean, like an energy can vary, right? Like, like the Yola Tango record yes, that we yes. covered recently. That record is an hour and eight minutes long. Wow. But, I it, but it doesn't, but it doesn't feel that long. No, 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 no. Uh, if you had asked me, I would have said 45 minutes. Yeah, interesting. Wow. Um, it's long, dude. And this record's shorter and feels longer. But that also different expectations, and that's the thing. AFI uh, is big room moving, energy, sing-along, etc. All these kind of like more active voice things, and I wouldn't apply almost any of that to Yola Tango, you know? No, no. Um, this, celluloid, this celluloid dream. Um, it's, I don't. Yeah, go, yeah ahead. go ahead. Okay, I'll start. More rhythmic. Um, lot more stop and go than than the rest of the record up to this point. It's a lot of gang vocals, a lot of backups. Mm. <sighs> this could be a Fall Out Boy song. It just could be. It was right there. It's in that world. Um, yeah, I could cut a solid minute off this song and lose absolutely nothing. Yeah, I mean. Definitely, you could cut a minute off. I was gonna say, like, I actually I like how the song starts. It it feels good at the beginning, but then it turns into to your point about like Fall Out Boy or something. I just wrote it's like very warp tour, like it's so bouncy. It just feels like it could be on like any like compilation of warp tour bands at a certain year, you know? Oh, oh yes, yes. Like early two thousands, even like late nineties to a certain point, like. It's uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm know, all right with it. I mean, I love how meta it's feeling because we can hear how you felt listening as we're discussing these songs. <laughs> um, yeah, we're getting close, as this song title indicates. The leaving song. What a weird teaser that is when you have like 20 minutes left on this record. <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, so this to me is the same, but in a different way. This is the acoustic song, uh, which I put in uh, parentheses. Major label release indicator. Beep, beep, beep. Yeah, true. But I like yeah. it. I like the song. Um, it's undeniably the AFI formula, but done acoustic. 
maybe part of me enjoying the song is that Davey Havoc tones his vocals way down. Yeah. And I really needed that respite. Like I needed a chill. Um, this is cool. If I had made a four to six song EP version of this record, the song might make it. Interesting. I mean, I, I just feel like I was so burnt at this point that I, uh, I didn't feel that strongly about it, but I do. I like the vocals on it. I mean, it's, it, it is, you said part of the formula, like there's a, I think the last song on art of drowning is something like days of the Phoenix or something. If I remember, Oh um, yeah, there's like a little EP. Sure. No, or, no, or no, just last song, like yeah, the yeah. last song, but like it starts kind of more acoustic and his vocals are much l- like lower register. And I remember hearing this and being like, they kind of did this on the last record, but on the art of drowning that song, it, it goes into this big kind of sweeping outro chorus. And this song doesn't really do that. They do that on the next song or two. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I mean, this one's, this one's fine. I could take it or leave it, honestly. Okay. But Maybe this is the most Black Sails song on this record. I could see that. I feel like this is more resonant to me than a lot of the other tracks. Um, I like the song. It's just buried. This Pete connected with me more when I did a, let me start with the last five tracks and then go to the beginning. Uh, That's a good move. Yeah, because I had also felt a little bit of burnout on this record uh, after the second listen through. So third listen through, I flipped it up. Um, Like the song. I think it's good not reinventing the wheel and it almost makes me question like, oh, were they just kind of digging around like, hey, we have to fill time because that's what it feels like. This record... It's uh, it almost feels like one of those movies that ends five times, and you're like, "What's going on?" I like the movie, but now you're, I'm still sitting here. My popcorn's been empty for a half hour. <laughs> what are we doing? So this is every Marvel movie in the last couple of years. Yeah. Yes, yes, end credit scene here. Yeah. Um, where where are you at on this one? I agree with you more or less. Like I actually, when I think about it, I like this this song. Mm-hmm. Um, the breakdown on it takes kind of this darker turn, which I think to your point is reminiscent of the black sales era. It's not as like big room, like sing along. It's more like there's like a darker element there. Um, it's cool. It's just, uh, yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's a little late at this point, but, and apparently this is like part one of the last song. Like the last song is actually these two songs together. Right. This is just like, okay. Yeah, cool. 
this yeah. time imperfect outro energy um first part of it is very video game music <laughs> and that's at some point i want to have a conversation maybe not today um about accidental video game music which i think is where this falls versus intentional video game music <laughs> so um you know we'll, we'll talk about that the vocals drop in five minutes in here yeah um fine it feels like a studio jam to me it kind of captures energy from other songs on the record the vocal cadence on this one is very similar to the vocals from celluloid dream yep did they need to hit 55 minutes contractually if that's what it feels like yeah i mean so the vocals come or this the, the actual song coming in five minutes in is a problem particularly when we're already like 45 minutes into this record or yes, whatever it is when the yes. song starts that being said i actually like this the the piece of this 10 minute you know track mm-hmm. that is a song you like i like yeah i i like if this was just the outro where they're like, and I'm even, I'm okay with the piano jingle. Me I too. I, no, actually, I like the, I like I like the it, accidental video but, game music, but, yeah. but it just, yeah. Accidental video game music is cool. Even if it was intentional video game music, I'm down, but like, you can't, you can't do this to me at this point in the record. Like you yes. need to, you need to cut <laughs> a few, rec- a few, a few tracks before this and, and then just slight piano jingle into outro track yes two minutes piano thing into the three minutes of a song boom done and two minutes you're being generous but like yeah i I mean it's it's just it's a lot but the the song of this i actually like a lot um i like the chorus i like the build i like when it gets really big at the end i mean they're they're all about big outros i like big outros i'm there for it um but it's just dude and then there's two minutes after the song's over i know i know that just is like pure pure empty calories what are we doing yeah so yeah i don't know it's it's exhausting but there's a song here hey get to the song here let's go through and rate this thing holistic (laughs) quality of this record is this good out of 20 i gave it an eight how about you i gave it an 11 okay out of 20 yeah we're Highs. just on opposite ends of that fence, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're, we're. I think we're batting in the same ballpark here today. Yeah. Highs out of ten. Uh, the how good were the best parts of this? I give it a six. Okay, I give it a five. Okay. Lows. How low were the lows? I gave it a two. I gave it a three. Okay. Competency and peer review out of ten. I gave it a six. Purely competent. I, Peer review. I don't know what to compare it to. I I, I, I compared it to itself, etc. Uh, some memorable songs. Certainly well done. Production hurts it to me, but for many, it might be something more. You know. Yeah, I gave it a six too. Actually, um, I think you brought up a good point about you know. Maybe they didn't have that many peers at the time, but they certainly influenced a lot of people. For better or worse, yeah. For and, better or for worse. And, and production. And it, but it is this. competent. Yeah, super. I think production, um, low key, might be more influential than we know. I wonder. Sure. 
I think this is perhaps part of the great flattening of the guitar sound into the digital age. Yeah. Um, and that's a net negative to me. Um, but the interesting part about that is I feel like they had that sound almost dialed in like no. early. Yes, they did. It's not like the guitar sound is that different than black sales. It's not. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's just, it's just a little cleaned up, yep. but not much. Drag factor out of 10. Three. Um, uh, album flow out of 10 four four overall aesthetic and presentation out of 10 three i gave it a four and the impl- impact and influence out of 10 i gave it a seven because i think it really i think it was a more important record than we know you actually changed my mind on this i i have three written down yeah. But I think you're right. And you actually totally shifted how I'm thinking about this. So I'm going to bump it up to a six. Okay. And the intangible out of 10, any miscellaneous feelings on this, etc. I gave it a three. Okay. I warmly, I feel warmly about AFI. I'm not mad at anyone listening to this record. That said, it's not what I want. And it made me question how much I like the band. <laughs> yeah, I, I felt exactly the same way and gave it a three for the same reasons. Pete, I came out of a total score of 47, which would have surprised me prior to listening, but not that much. And then after listening, it feels right on. I'm at a 41. That's a low score. This might be one of your lowest scored records. It's one of my lowest scored records, too. Yeah, it is. I think I think a huge product of it is that we considered ourselves fans, consider ourselves fans of the band, and this is just maybe not delivering what we wanted, despite the fact that we're acknowledging it's a lot closer to what we want, what what we thought we want from the band than we thought. That's really messy way to say that. I'll clean it up. Leave it in so people can be as confused as you were and as I was saying it. We expected something. We wanted something more like what we like from this band. Yeah. We didn't get it. Despite the fact that we're saying the sound of this record is closer to that than we thought. Yeah. Tough. Tough space. Um, it's tough. And, and I want to say this. I think nostalgia plays pretty heavily into my enjoyment of AFI. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I don't say if, that if, disparagingly. I just think it's, I've grown and have different desires and some of that falls into production and, and musical choices. Uh, some of it, some of this hasn't aged well on me. Um, despite the fact that I think for a lot of people, I know people out there who are way younger than us who certainly weren't, you know, uh, of age musically to like be into this um you know we're probably small children um who now love 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 worship afi yeah um and it's it's very interesting to me the march of time and and music production sound um there's some interesting conversations to have about this record the two records that predate it the records that come after it and then guitar sound as a whole from this era and on and how different it is I'm with all of that. I, I, I think that um, 
the thing too for me is I I feel like you know a lot of these bands especially that come from punk and hardcore they they kind of hit that major label thing and you feel them kind of make that pivot really hard and like there are certainly moments in this that that feel bloated it just feels like they they had too much time in the studio to kind of toy around like it it almost i feel like would have benefited them if you know when they were recording their first record i'm sure that it was like all right we have two days for vocal tracks we have you know let's try to get all the instruments banged out in a day and i'm sure that they spent a long time in the studio on this it's 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 like i almost think it would have benefited them to have less time in the studio but i also think that the ideas here and what they did it feels genuine like it doesn't feel to me like they're they're like let's make a radio hit right no it not could, at all. because because it feels so close to what they were already doing so like you know if their goal from 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 the get go was to like be a radio band then yeah i can guess you, i guess you could make the argument that like it, like they made it and they you know did their thing but i don't know it 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 really just feels like a band kind of naturally organically growing into this thing and that yeah. they're still a band and they're still playing and i'm sure they're still changing and shifting in their sound and like I mean, I like super appreciate that too. Like yeah, I'm think here cool. for that. I'm, I'm here yeah. for the, I'm here for the musical journey. And, um, it just, you know, especially at this period, I'm listening to it and it just, <sighs> yeah, it, I mean, it, it doesn't, it doesn't hit. And like, like I don't love the music here very much most of the time, but like, you know, and I don't even mean to sound like a dick here, but I know that I'm sounding condescending. Like I really, I watched that music video and I was like, man, like these guys really like, this is just, they were like, this is what we do. Like, we're like, basically we're like a hardcore band. This is like, we, we play shows and people like mosh, like this is the deal. Right. right. But they're on a different level and it's a different thing. And in retrospect, it all looks really silly, but I, I, it just feels genuine to me. And I like that about it. It's like, it's, I feel really warm towards it, even if I don't like it. I know, I know. And that's where kind of, I thought about my intangible and I could have bumped it up a little bit because overall I do have warm feelings towards AFI, you know? Yeah. Anyways, uh, we want to hear from you. You might be an AFI diehard or you might think they are worse than this record even represents them to be. (laughs) If so, if you or anyone you know has information regarding AFI, uh, hit us up on social media, <laughs> Twitter, and Instagram at TraxPod. And where do you send those wonderful, excellent, long and short, tall and small emails? TraxPod at gmail.com. Pete, anything else? Happy Halloween, everybody. Halloween. Halloween.